Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Wow, the response that I got on last week's podcast was absolutely incredible. First of all, I was just so happy to hear from people that listen to the podcast that I didn't know listen to the podcast, new people who listen. As always, you all can always DM me, reach out to me. I love hearing from you. And especially with that episode, I was just so grateful to hear from so many of you and to have so many of you tell me your stories that you found yourself in or you find yourselves in similar situations and that it's really hard. And this is hard, this process of like knowing what is best for you and then actually doing it. Like, I wish that it wasn't such a hard thing to do. And a lot of it is wrapped up with codependency and attachment style. And, you know, I am going to be bringing interviews back in a couple weeks, likely in the first week of November. So we have a couple weeks left. So I'm going to be actually releasing two episodes per week. And we're switching over now to Thursdays being the day that my solo episodes come out and Monday being the day that the interviews come out. So that's why some of my episodes, well, this episode and last week's episode came out a little bit later, but that's going to be the format. And I would hear from so many of you that you, I lost my train of thought for a moment. (laughs) I hear from so many of you that you love the solo episodes. So I just wanted to provide one every single week because there's so many topics and things to talk about and cover, but I am going to be bringing experts around all of these surrounding topics around creativity, around business, online business, around uh, just general health, nutrition, protein, strength training, uh, relationships, entrepreneurship. Did I say that already? All of this stuff that we all talk about and feelings, of course. Uh, There's so many surrounding topics when it comes to this. And again, I was just so blown away by your response and your support. So many of you, I just felt in just big community with so many of you that reached out, you, you know, just really feeling your love. And, you know, I never thought, like, it wasn't a thought in my mind. I I didn't worry. What I'm trying to say is that I didn't worry about judgment because I feel incredibly secure and sure in my decision and what I chose to do. And honestly, I am not, I'm probably not going to talk about, you know, specifics of like my ex-husband or anything, but I will share more of the story around what drove me to choose to get a divorce. 
And, you know, even just leaving him out of it, because I I really want to close that, that chapter and just, you know, focus on uh, new things going forward, obviously. And the more important part, since this is my podcast, is just talking about what I learned and things that I am going to be going through going forward. And, you know, I'm excited for that. And I feel really great about this next chapter. So I wasn't worried about judgment. Like I said, it's just kind of a big thing to share. And I am excited for what's to come. Many of you know that I said that I was moving last week. I am moving. I'm going to say at the end of the episode where I'm moving to. And I that's happening in a month, which is crazy. There's a lot of stuff happening around here. But I am opening up just typical housekeeping right here. I am opening up my group nutrition program, Intuitive Macros, next week. And our webinar or my webinar was this past week uh, talking about um, the fundamentals of fat loss, which was great. We had several, several women join in on that webinar, but the Intuitive Macro Group Coaching Program is going to be opening up in the next few weeks. And I'm going to be talking about it on Instagram. So just stay tuned for that. If you want to get on the wait list for that, uh, DM me on Instagram and I will put you on the wait list. Um, But yeah, so I'm going to say at the end of the episode where I'm going to be moving. And this episode is going to be all about recovery. So I'm likely going to bring a recovery expert on this show. But, you know, for any of us that struggle with anything, because it's a big topic like recovery, sobriety, Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that, the history and and all of those things. uh, It's a really big topic. But when it comes down to any of us struggling with anything, recovery is at the heart of it. I used to think recovery was just for alcoholics and uh, it's not. (laughs) There's so many anonymouses, right? Like there's codependence anonymous. There's uh, I was going to say narcoleptics anonymous. I don't know if that's actually a thing. <laughs> Narcotics anonymous. Uh, there's overeaters anonymous. Uh, there's, you know, love addicts. There's just all of them. And it all stems from, and gambling, whatever it is, they all stem from the same thing where we as people use something to cope with our pain, typically some sort of trauma whether that's big T trauma or little T trauma, which are terms that I am becoming familiar with just in the last several months. Big T trauma is like a big, big, big thing. Little T is something smaller. But these are things that I've become a little bit more familiar with as time goes on, just researching my own recovery. Uh, I am recovered from eating disorders now for um, probably, I don't know, maybe 12 years or so. And it has been the the thing that colors the way that I see the world and going through that struggle and honestly like not only struggling with food for such a long time but I uh, struggled with alcohol too I don't even want to say I struggled with it but because I never felt addicted to it but I definitely over and I do drink alcohol very rarely but I do I don't um, there's no addictive tendencies with alcohol I'm like I'm good I really only drink with other people Um, but when I was in college I drank a lot and it was really to escape so it was was always with other people it was always um, 
you know, I would go overboard, but it wasn't like I drank on a Saturday morning. Again, I'm not trying to justify anything, but I'm just saying that throughout my life, I have used different things to uh, heal or to attempt to heal, to fill the void, whatever it is. So we all deal with something. We all try to numb and escape and distract ourselves. And for me, especially growing up, food was that thing. And I did a whole separate uh, episode on my eating disorder, and my st- which is called My Story. I will put the link for that in the show notes. But I struggled with this because I was always a sensitive child from the time that I was very, 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 very young. I just remember be- being like very observant and very thoughtful, and I didn't know how to deal with these feelings. I didn't know what they meant. I didn't know what again to do with it a lot of it is energy a lot of it is like this pent-up energy that we have that we have to do something with so that's why like you know movement is so important and expressing ourselves is important too but it all comes down to the same thing like I said and when we struggle with something I think I expected that my pain and my like anxiety and depression and all of these things would and my food struggle and my struggle with my body and feelings of low self-worth and self-esteem and all of these things that I grew up with that honestly I don't um, struggle with that much anymore they're always present though they're always there in the background lurking like Dax Shepard said in his really really good armchair expert episode um, that he released recently he said that and he relapsed after 16 years it was an incredible episode I'll stick it in the show notes too he said that our struggle is always doing push-ups in the background just like ready to get back in the game and I was like wow because many of us think that if we are on the path of recovery which to me means looking at your shit your patterns, because again, we are not responsible for anything that happened to us in the past, but we are responsible, unless of course we did it to ourselves. (laughs) But in many cases, we develop these things because of something that happened to us, a trauma that we went through, uh, a parent that we had, a relationship that we were in. We developed these coping mechanisms to help us with our pain. And at some point, it got unmanageable and it felt like you know our lives got obstructed and and all of these things so I think that there's a misconception that one day these things are going to go away and then we do all of these things and then we get down in our like we spend so much money on like books and courses and like I just got to fix myself and fix my I, I have to have not have these thoughts anymore I can't be negative I can't you know my patterns are the, like they're, they might always be there, that urge to eat, that urge to like, if your thing is like sex or whatever, that urge to like have sex or gamble or drink, it might always be there. And that's a hard thing to accept. But what can we do? It's our, it's not our responsibility to, it will, what happened to us is not our responsibility and it's not our fault, but our healing is absolutely our responsibility. For a long time, I played the blame game and I just blamed and blamed and blamed, you know, my own traumas on other people. And it was unproductive and it honestly did nothing to help my healing. I remember telling a therapist one time, you know, if if I just like got like a sorry or something, like I'd be cool. And she was like, but what is that actually going to do for you? Like, what is what did you do 
And I'm like, oh shit, this is my responsibility. That was when I was like 22. And around 22, 23, 24, 25, like I started getting into this work. And I really started believing in taking care of myself and taking care of my body and my mind and realizing that the way that I was was okay. And realizing that the way that I was was something that other people experienced. So it's a hard thing. And I want you to know that whatever it is that you struggle with, you are not alone. And really, you know, recovery is about integrity. It's and it's a balanced integrity to me is the balance between how you feel inside and what you actually do. So are those things aligned? Are they? You know, who you want to be, the vision that you have for yourself, the way that you perceive yourself in the world, the way that you want to be. Are you acting in that way? Be honest with yourself here. Like, I'm going to push you a little bit. Be honest. Are you in integrity with yourself? I don't care about anybody else right now. This is about you. How do you feel inside? What do you want for your life? And how are you acting? as a result of that? Are you aligned with those things? Because if we're not aligned, that's when we begin to self-sabotage. That's when we go back to do our old patterns and things like that, which might always be there, but we don't have to act on them. So this episode is going to talk about um, a little bit about, I'm not going to go through the 12 steps or anything like that, but I'm going to go through the you know foundations of recovery, and then I'm going to go through some steps to heal. So Again, we found something that helped us cope with our pain. And typically, we, you know, this is described as something that we feel powerless with. And with food, it's different. With food, we have to eat every single day. So it's like, and I don't even, and I'll speak about this in a moment, my own experience with Overeaters Anonymous, you know, with food is different because we have to eat. And I don't actually believe that the food sobriety model in Overeaters Anonymous, it works for many people. It will not work for me and it will not work for most people uh, because you subscribe to a food list and like you only eat those foods and that's it. And I, you know, you have to sort of admit your powerlessness and admit that you get out of control and how you behave around certain things. So in some cases like drugs or alcohol or gambling or something, like you can just delete it and take it away. With food, it's really, really different. Like how do you navigate eating? How do you navigate something that's sold everywhere? And you will literally get shamed if you do not eat stuff sometimes in social settings. That's really hard. So when I was in Boston in grad school, which was one of the best times of my life when I was in cooking school, I had a boyfriend who actually introduced me to to spirituality. It was like the same time that I got into Janine Roth's work and he was really, really spiritual. He had gone through a divorce and he had like an awakening after that. And he introduced me to the the work of um, Ayanna Van Zandt, which, why did I say that weird? Uh, She has a book called One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. There's another one called In the Meantime. These are all really good books. And he introduced me to those things. And I remember being in Boston and I had come to terms with my eating disorder at that point because I kept my eating disorder a secret my entire life. Literally my whole life, I kept it a secret. And that makes me honestly want to cry 
because, you know, as a 13 year old or 12 year old, you know, I had bulimia and I wouldn't, I didn't tell anybody about it. It was like my own shame secret. And it was so, I just feel like I could hug who I was back then. And I remember so many instances trying to tell my parents, like, I have this thing. I have an eating disorder. Like, this is legit. You know, these are the behaviors. These are the patterns. And like, they would always be like, no, no, you're fine. Like, you're totally cool. Look, like you go to school and like, you're fine. It's all okay. And I knew that there was something wrong with me. But like, when you're that young, like you don't have resources, you can't like call a therapist. What do you do? So I just like dealt with it. And it wasn't until my 20s that I started like researching. And I remember sitting in the Boston University Library, which is huge, um, in the eating disorder section and just sitting on the floor with those books and just reading them like Bible style books, like, you know, the thin paper, like really uh, intense books. But I just sat there reading studies and like reading about it because I was like, oh my God, this is me. This is what I went through. And this was my life. And that boyfriend of mine encouraged me to go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting once I was open with him. And I was like, I had this thing he had known. And and I was like, and and now I really realize like it's in the books, like it's for real. He's like, why don't you go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, find community around these people. And I went to that meeting and I found that the people in that meeting, again, I only went to one and I was like, I'm done with this forever. Um, And again, I hear from people who love it and have a great um, experience with it. And I found that these people were more, were equally, because obviously you go to Overeaters Anonymous because you're like obsessed with food. So I found that these people were obsessed with avoiding the food and avoiding, you know, like just talking about like uh, their struggles with food and like, and obviously that's the point, but like the obsession just went somewhere else. The obsession went into obsess, an obsession with not having the food. And for me, that doesn't work. To me, a healed relationship with food because we have to eat, again, this is different. A healed relationship with food looks like you not having to think about food. Like that to me is what a healthy relationship with food looks like. And it was just like a weird energy. And I was like, this just isn't for me. And, you know, I, that was the end of me for that. And, you know, people will say with food, it's like the sugar thing and eliminate all sugar forever. Yeah. Sugar is addictive. Sugar makes you want to eat more. If you eat sugar, you're going to want more sugar. So I actually really try not to eat sugar when I'm stressed because I will revert back to those patterns. Those patterns in my brain are there to like eat more than I should. So if I'm really stressed or sad, I stay away because it doesn't make me feel good. The only times that I feel good eating sugar are when I'm with other people or I'm like really happy and in a good place. And that's a whole other subject, but that's why OA didn't work for me. But there are some models of recovery that uh, or some principles of recovery that can be really um, beneficial for us. And I'm going to go through them right now. So the first one is like, these are steps to heal. The first one is to be honest with yourself. Really be honest with yourself and how you are and your patterns, like brutally honest 
in the actions that you need to take and the things that you need to do. And you have to have awareness around yourself. This isn't about changing yourself. This is about you staying aware to who you are and then doing what you need to do as a result. Whether that is taking medication, whether that's going to therapy, whether that's eating well, exercising every day. For me, that's a non-negotiable. I cannot not exercise. It's not good for me. Um, So acceptance, and I'm going to read something. Actually, I'm going to read that at the end. Um, Acceptance and honesty with yourself and vigilant awareness of your thoughts, of your subsequent beliefs and your actions, because all of that shit is intertwined and you need to stay aware. The next thing is to find community, find other people who are like you and that struggle with the same things. I, one of my closest friends in the world uh, knew what I was going through. Uh, I didn't even really tell many of my friends, but her mother had also dealt with this thing. And I went to visit her and she's like, this trip, you're going to talk to my mom. And I think I was like 28 or something, maybe 28 or 29. And I still hadn't, this was just like something that I kept like very intimately between, you know, people. So the fact that I'm talking about this right now, like I'm in a very different, like on a podcast to hundreds and thousands of people, I'm in a very different place right now. But she's like, you're going to talk with my mom. So I went over there, I had lunch with her family and then her mom and I uh, went into, you know, a room and we just sat and talked about everything and she was bulimic, bulimic anorexic she like for a really long time like for 20 years and she went to recovery she was recovered or she went to like an eating disorder treatment center and I just sat there with her and I cried so much because I felt that I had finally like my experience had been validated and I was like oh my god other people experience this because I was so ashamed and I thought I was so weird for going through something like this and I was that was the response that I got from the people around me, you know? So what am I supposed to think? So that moment where I had that meeting with my friend's mom was incredibly pivotal for me. And she, after that, after like, you know, I had known her mom for many, many years, but we had never spoken in this way. And after that, I saw her one more time on that trip and she had made copies of all of her materials from the eating disorder treatment center and put them in a folder and gave them to me and that was something that I went back to consistently and having that relationship and then having other people that have gone through food stuff with their bodies or whatever it is is just absolutely pivotal so find people who have gone through the same thing that you have the next thing is to have a ritual that you do every single day you need it's not like you like do this work and then like you're done you need a a ritual that you do every single day that reminds you of who you are and what you need to do on this earth and you need to reset yourself every single day whether that's with exercise or journaling you have to have a ritual because when we wake up we're blank again and we got to go back into it one more time It's really important that you do those things. The next thing is you have to have a formation of healthy coping strategies and a way for you to stay aware of yourself. So what are ways that you're going to cope instead? It's individual, but can you, again, it's kind of overlapping here, but can you have good relationships? Can you uh, find more community? Can you find a hobby? 
something that's going to make you feel really, really good? And can you be responsible for yourself? That's a big one too. The last thing is kind of a tricky one because it's a big subject, but it's finding a higher power. This is like all recovery is about. It's like, give it to God, give it to like, go and let God and um, give your recovery over to a higher power. And I am for that. <laughs> I am big into God. I don't talk about this a lot, but I really have a close relationship with God, the universe, my intuition. To me, it's like all related. But without that, it, it just means without that, I feel lost. <laughs> I it's it's also science, the fact that like like attracts like and the universe is about physics and things like that. So I feel much better when I believe that things are happening in my favor, when I have trust, when things, uh, when I have faith in things. And I'm going to do a whole episode about higher power, but I want you to think about these things and I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that if it's anxiety, depression, eating disorders, overexercise, uh, binging and purging, um, gambling, whatever, drinking, whatever it is, you are strong enough to get through it. You are strong enough to live a life of freedom and a code of, I'll put, go back and put codependency in there too, uh, reliance on other people, uh, which is, you know, fine, but not to the degree to which we abandon ourselves in the process. Uh, but I want you to know that you're not alone. And I want you to know that you have the strength to do the rituals that you need to do every single day to bring yourself back into your power and feel empowered to live the life that you want to. So that's what I'm going to say about recovery. A good book is uh, The Woman's Way Through the 12 Steps. I really love that book. But I'm going to be talking more about this in my content and things that I do. Um, now to the city that I'm moving to, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And I can't wait. Um, I am going to be moving towards uh, like South Los Angeles, like the South Bay area which I'm super excited about. Um, movers are coming in about four weeks. So it's a lot of stuff to do since then. But I've always wanted to live in California. If you've heard me talk for many years, you know that I'm obsessed with California and uh, that I've always, I, I mean, I'm obsessed with the West Coast in general. And I still love Portland, but I just wanted a fresh start. I wanted to start a new chapter and I... Honestly, I love the city and I don't even mind the weather that much, but I'm happy to be going to a place that has better weather and still has diversity, has, you know, good community for like whenever we can get together in person. If you are in LA, hit me up. I would love to, you know, just know you're there. Maybe we can get together at some point. Um, but that is it, friends. So stay tuned for the next several episodes. And thank you again for your support. Uh, reach out to me if you have any questions, if you just wanted to chat about anything. I am here for you. I see you. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.